You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 45, entitled, Under Promise, But Over Deliver. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Uh, I really hope you guys are having a great week. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening uh, to this episode uh, number 45. I can't believe that uh, I'm at episode 45 already. Um, I hope you guys are having a better week uh, than I've been having. Uh, I had a slight injury. Uh, at least I hope it's a slight injury. Um, actually, I had it uh, happen actually last uh, Monday. Uh, and uh, so it's coming. Uh, I'm recording this uh, on the following Monday. So it's been a week today. And uh, it's still uh, giving me a bunch of trouble. An injury simply is, uh, I think I tweaked something or possibly tore something uh, in my right knee. Uh, so I've been in quite a bit of pain uh, and uh, have a swollen knee. Um, and being self-employed, obviously, there's uh, uh, you know nobody out there to um, that I can turn to. So I've had to be uh, trudging along. And getting uh, my work done, at least for the regularly scheduled uh, mowing. Um, for all the other things, I've sort of put everything kind of on hold. Um, and I've just been sort of taking a wait and see sort of um, approach to it. And hoping that, uh, you know, my knee gets better quickly. Uh, I'm currently, um, I did my mowing last week and uh, I ended up taking Friday off and uh, uh, resting and icing it uh, all on Friday. Uh, as well as uh, then Saturday, Sunday. And today, Monday, I decided to take Monday off as well. Uh, so I can get into my regular scheduled mowing uh, again f uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, but uh, like I say, the swelling's still there and stuff. So just one of those things, the realities of being self-employed, especially if you have no employees. From time to time, you encounter situations like this where you are uh, hurt or sick um, and things still have to get done. Um, and, uh, you know, it can be tough at times. Um, but, uh, like I say, uh, one of the best things, unless you're physically, you know, completely, uh, you know, a broken leg or something like that, where you physically cannot get out there and do it. Uh, in this case, I can still put weight on my leg, but I can't, uh, really bend down or twist so you know when they say you're supposed to lift with your knees not with your back well unfortunately I don't have a choice right now and I'm having to lift with my back and not with my knees um and uh you know a couple of days last week uh, we had a bit of rain and uh, I was mowing and the the bottom of the mower was clogging up and I was having to you know flip the mower on its side to uh, clean out the uh, clogged grass and unfortunately I couldn't bend over so it was uh 
kind of an awkward position sort of, or so I couldn't kneel over. So I was, uh, you know, having to bend over, uh, which was uh, really quite just awkward instead of uh, being able to bend down uh, towards the mower and uh, clean it out that way. But just the realities and things for you guys to think about as well um, when you get uh, sick or injured that, uh, you know, the show must go on and you either got to find somebody to take over for you and take on those lawns and stuff if it's, uh, you know, regularly scheduled stuff because those lawns are not going to stop growing. They're not going to stop, you know, needing to be cut and you can't just abandon your clients. Uh, obviously, for one, it's taken, you know, a long time uh, and you put a lot of effort into marketing and, um, you know, talking to clients and doing quotes and all that sort of stuff. So you ju- you don't want to not show up and not do uh, what's needed to keep those clients happy. And obviously, leaving their lawns uh, to get really crazy is uh, uh, obviously not a good thing for business. Uh, and, you know, the longer you go the more chance that they drop you and, uh, you know, find uh, a different service provider. Because obviously, you know, when it comes down to it, they need their lawn mode. And if you can't uh, no longer provide that service, then they're going to move on. There's just no, uh, uh, you know, real choice about that. So, like I say, last week I heard it on uh, the Monday, um, you know, the Tuesday morning. I woke up and I couldn't... uh, really bend my knee or anything. Uh, I was having trouble walking on it. So I went to work anyways. And, uh, you know, which uh, obviously uh, was not good for my knee and I think made it worse. But I had uh, three uh, intense days of mowing to do and not having a tractor or ride on or anything anymore. Um, You know, just compounded the fact that, uh, you know, I'm walking on average uh, 20 kilometers a day. Uh, so I was doing that on a bum knee. So uh, obviously no uh, uh, no surprise to me that it was uh, swollen. And now after four days of uh, resting it, uh, that it's still uh, agitated. Unfortunately, like I say, tomorrow I have to start mowing again for the week. Um, and uh, there's not really much I can do about it. Sort of see how it goes and uh, just uh, get it done, as they say. Uh, So this week, I want to talk to you guys about um, under-promising but over-delivering. And what I mean by that is just to make sure that you guys, uh, when you're quoting jobs and things like that, you're not going crazy and you're not um, over-promising things that you can't get done as far as, you know, whether it's, um, uh, you know, promising the outcome or the outlook of a certain job, what, uh, you know, for example, say, um, you're doing a weeding job or something like that and and it's huge and maybe you're by yourself and you have a certain amount of time to do it. Um, you know, over talking or overselling the job, um, and saying that, uh, you know, it's going to be absolutely spectacular and, you know, it's going to look fantastic and all that sort of stuff. It's better to take a subtle approach um, and just, you know, say that you're going to clean it up and all that sort of stuff. Um, But ultimately, there may be, um, you know, spots or areas that 
aren't uh, exactly perfect. A good example of this is um, with power raking. Uh, when, when I'm power raking a lawn, there's a lot of times, um, you know, overselling or overpromising would be to say, for example, uh, with moss in a lawn, that uh, you're going to get out all of the moss out of the lawn, 100% of the moss out of the lawn. When the reality is, is that knowing how a power raking machine works and knowing how, you know, it, uh, it's cutting width or it's raking width and the fact that the wheels are on the sides, a lot of cases through experience you see uh, or I've seen that if I'm power raking somebody's lawn and say there's a sidewalk uh, adjacent to the lawn, um, that the uh, lawn perimeters, the, the sidewalk, um, you know, you can't put the power rake or the wheels of the power rake on top of the sidewalk in a lot of cases so that the tines or the raking tines are, you know, right up to, to the edge of the sidewalk because a lot of the times that uh, sidewalk's not going to be level with the height of the the uh, lawn. It'll be higher in most cases. So if you're doing that, then you're just lifting the tines off uh, the lawn in the first place, sort of on an angle. So it's, you know, uh, it's not level. So you're going to get a big area where the rake uh, in the, the power raking is not uh, cleaning up. So usually what I'll do is I put the wheels of the power rake right on the edge of the lawn, right up against the sidewalk sort of thing, so that it, at least the whole machine's on the lawn and you're raking. But by doing that, you're getting a two-inch border where that machine cannot um, reach uh, as far as the power raking, the tines and stuff go. Um so, you know, making sure that the customer understands that, that, you know, n there's going to be spots, you know, the same goes with flower beds and say there's, um, you know, an area with uh, a tree or, you know, a small garden in the middle of the lawn. It's the same thing. You can't go completely around the lawn. They might have uh, some sort of edging or curbing or that sort of thing going around that uh, tree or that garden, which makes it impossible to get the wheel of that power rake right to the edge of the lawn. So you're always having these, uh, you know, two inch borders everywhere. And if the the moss or the problem areas extend into that, then you're not going to be able to remove that with a power rake unless you're willing to then go into those areas and physically with a rake or something and rake out all of those edges and areas to get out uh, the moss and stuff out of the areas that your power rake can't get into. Now, this is sort of just a, a hypothetical. If you're willing to do something like that, hey, that's great, but it's very time-consuming to get in there and then start manually raking all of the areas that the power rake can't get into. Um, so what I've found over the past few years is that by putting and making sure that you know, part of my quote includes putting the moss control down first, at least a week or so before power raking to make sure that that moss turns uh, black and all dies off, that it's then pretty safe to then remove that moss in the lawn, in those areas that the power rake can reach, um, and to leave those borders where, you know, that machine 
can't get to all those areas because at least the moss has been killed off. It's dead. It's going to start to die back. You're top dressing it. You're overseeding the whole area anyways. I found that it works perfectly fine that way um, because of just the way uh, it all goes in the sense that you're doing a complete reno anyways, in my case. Um, but I'm sure, or I'm, I, I'm always sure to explain to the client that that machine can't get into those areas. Um, to say to a client that, you know, once you've done power raking, you're removing all the moss and blah, blah, blah. Well, once you leave, if you don't explain to them that those borders are left, uh, where the machine can't get into and all that sort of stuff, then it just sets your client up for disappointment um, and also sets them up for thinking that, um, you know, you've done shoddy work, um, you know, because a lot of obviously a lot of these clients have never used these machines before. Um, they don't know what's entailed. They don't know um, that sort of thing. And so it makes it uh, uh, just a lot easier for miscommunication and for confusion um, and uh, for them to, you know, not have that full satisfaction in uh not being told what to expect right from the beginning. I'm always sure to uh, give my customers uh, the proper expectations as far as, uh, you know, that sort of thing goes. Now, for example, when I'm quoting a lawn reno, as I call them, uh, and this is basically um, where I go and, uh, because we have so much moss and stuff and thatch and things like that, what I'll do is uh, a lawn reno would consist of me going there, putting a moss control down on the lawn, uh, waiting about a week or so until that moss is all black and uh, pretty much dead. Then, uh, you know, I'd go back, I would power rake, um, all the moss out of that lawn. I would then aerate the lawn. Um, and, uh, also, uh, oh, and the first step, um, I forgot to mention before power raking, uh, is that I would mow the lawn, uh, pretty short and, uh, then I would power rake it. I would aerate it. Um, I would, uh, actually before aerating it during the power raking process, um, when I'm cleaning up and stuff, I usually hit it with the lawnmower again and, uh, try to get it, uh, as short as possible. Now, a lot of areas you're going to find, um, you know, if the moss is really bad, um, that you're pulling out complete parts of the lawn and all you're left with is dirt. Um, so, you know, I'll try to avoid that because it gets really messy and stuff as far as uh, lawn mowing over dirt. Uh, but the areas that have lawn, cut them really short, aerate it, and then we'll come back and uh, put a starter fertilizer down. Um, I'll put uh, the lime down and then I'll reseed the entire lawn uh, and then uh, bring in a truckload or a trailer full of, uh, you know, organic soil and a good top dressing. Sometimes a top dressing mix that has uh, like a 50% or so of sand mixed in with the soil, depending on the lawn, depending on the situation. Um, there's different blends and stuff available at the nurseries and stuff like that. So depending on uh, the particular lawn and what we're trying to achieve, 
Um, you know, if the lawn is pretty barren or it has bad uh, soil system and all that sort of stuff, then I'll usually just bring in really good organic soil without the the sand and stuff. If uh, drainage and things is an issue, sometimes we'll bring the soil blend in with the, the sand that's mixed into it already. They usually call it a turf blend at the uh, nurseries and garden stores and stuff around uh, my area. So we'll go in and then we'll top dress on top of the, the grass seed and... Uh, on top of the fertilizer and lime and the aerating and all that stuff. And that'll be the final step. And then it's up to the customer then to uh, start to mow or sorry, start to water that lawn. And, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, I'm always sure to uh, explain to them the importance of the watering um, to make sure that they don't miss the watering. I always tell them that, um, you know, I can't guarantee your results as far as the lawn goes, because after I'm done, um, you know, it's up to you to, uh, water the lawn, uh, and make sure that, uh, that seed doesn't dry out. Um, you know, especially during those first six weeks, uh, you don't want, uh, the lawn to die off. Um, but what I say is I can't guarantee the results, but I can guarantee that, um, you know, what I'm quoting, everything will be done properly and to the best of my ability. But once all those steps are done, as long as you're watering it, there's no reason why the lawn shouldn't fill in and grow in and all that sort of uh, uh, stuff, right? But I'm sure, you know, I just make sure that I lay it out for the customer so that they're not expecting, um, you know, this uh, uh, job to go super smoothly or that it requires no effort on their part just to land the job. Uh, and I've seen, you know, a lot of, uh, people in town doing that sort of thing where they make it sound really easy and simple and stuff, and they don't really lay out realistically what it's going to take. And I always see that, uh, you know, in the end, um, the client, uh, can end up, uh, easily disappointed by that. So I've always made sure to, uh, lay out sort of, uh, you know, exactly what the customer should expect, um, you know, I put, um, uh, photos and things for them to see, um, sort of the different stages of, uh, a lawn reno and what it's going to look like and what to expect. And the fact that, you know, if we're not reseeding that lawn, that, uh, you know, we can't, uh, mow it obviously with the new seedlings and stuff like that for, you know, at least, uh, four weeks, maybe six weeks, depending on how quickly it, it grows in and, and what to expect that, you know, that lawn is going to look, um, pretty darn overgrown and, uh, you know, it may be unsightly uh, at first. And, uh, you know, I make sure to tell them that so that they know what to expect. A lot of people may not be, uh, comfortable with that, um, you know, if they're used to having their lawns mowed, uh, every week and, you know, they may not want to, uh, uh, be, uh, sort of a visual burden for their neighbors and stuff. So I always make sure that, uh, you know, to let them know ahead of time exactly what to expect. So you're not over promising something like that. Um, you know, that, uh, uh for one that you're going to be able to remove every single, uh, bit of moss out of the lawn by power raking it and also that um you know that uh once it's all done that 
you know, there's nothing on that they need to do on from their part, right? Uh, obviously, they're going to have to get out there and make sure it's watered, um, you know, at least a couple times a day uh, to make sure uh, that it's wet and moist at all times, that it doesn't dry out. Um, I also obviously um, uh, let them know to expect that even though we're reseeding the entire lawn, that, um, you know, there's some areas that may not take where that seed may not take, uh, where birds and things might be picking at it. Um, and just areas that, uh, you know, they may miss or not water properly that may dry out. And from my experience, there usually is one or two spots on every lawn after a lawn rental that don't fill in completely. And you have to go in, after that first four or six weeks, when uh, you go and do your mowing, uh, once you know that grass is all tall, you sort of uh, do that first mowing and sort of see where you're at, and then you can hit those areas again with more seeds. So I, you know, let them know to expect that sort of uh, thing, just sort of step by step. Let them know the whole process. Now you may want to do that for, you know, certain jobs, uh, whether you know maybe you're pressure washing or. Um, you know, anything like that. Maybe there's areas that the, you know you're not going to be able to get to with the pressure washer. Say if it's um, gutters or, or roofing or something like that. And uh, maybe you're using one of those extension poles or something like that. And you know that you're not going to be able to reach, you know, a certain gutter. You know, I've seen houses where uh, say they're like a tri-level house uh, and there's... Um, you know, different roofs on the house where, you know, uh, for example, you may have a lower roof that sort of covers the whole area, but then you may have a bedroom or something sticking up in one area that has, you know, its roof over there and you might not be able to get to one portion of that uh, gutter facing with your extension pole or something unless you're getting on the roof. But if you are not comfortable getting on the roof or maybe the pitch is too steep so you're not quoting for that um so just to make sure you're letting the customer know because by not letting them know you're basically over promising when you're telling that even if you're not saying anything um if you're saying you're going to clean their gutter faces um or clean out their gutters or whatever the case may be um but you know that you can't get to a certain area by not telling them that in advance, um, you're basically over promising because they're expecting that you're going to be able to do the whole thing. Um, so just to make sure that you lay it out and let them know. So you're not over promising on things like that. Now, um, I'm just going to take a break here for some messages and then we'll get into, uh, the over delivering part. All right. Stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. 
And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so welcome back. And um, before the break there, I was talking about uh, the over-promising of work and how that can uh, let your clients down at times when you know that you're not going to be able to deliver on those promises. And in a lot of cases, um, you know, just by not saying anything, um, you're over-promising. Uh, when you know, for example, like I mentioned with the gutter, uh, cleaning or something like that, where, you know, you say you're doing that gutter cleaning with an extension pole, you're not actually physically getting on that roof to do that gutter cleaning. And you know that your extension pole is, you know, say an 18 footer, but that area there is about 20 or 25 feet away. You're not going to be able to, to reach that uh, far corner or something like that, just to make sure that you tell them that, um, in advance before the job starts before, you know, during that quoting process, because by not letting them know that, like I mentioned before, um, they're going to expect that all those gutter facings or all those gutters are going to be cleaned. And, uh, you know, if they see that you've missed the spot, even though, you know, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's just something that you couldn't reach. Um, then you're setting them up for disappointment. So letting them know in advance uh, will prevent uh, you from uh, over-promising on things like that. Just something to think about. Now, I will mention that you do risk um, losing work um, because of that. Say if you... I'll give that same example of that uh, gutter cleaning. So if you're going to use your extension, your, say, an 18-foot extension pole to go and clean those gutters, and you're not comfortable getting on that roof uh, to physically reach that area or get to that spot to clean that gutter, there's a chance that you may lose out on the job because maybe they've gotten a quote and uh, that person is going to go up on the roof and... uh, get to all those areas. So there is a chance in, you know, when you're uh, trying to prevent yourself from over promising on certain things, but I far um, recommend that over the over promising and putting yourself into a situation where the customer is not happy afterwards or thinks that uh, you were dishonest or, um, you know, we're withholding information just to land the job in the first spot. And now what they thought maybe was, you know, a good deal for them has turned out to maybe not be such a good deal because you can't complete the job entirely um, or you don't have the tools or whatever the case may be. So just remember that it can affect the overall landing of the job, but I still believe that it is the best um, possible solution and outcome because you're building trust with that client and uh, they know that you're not just trying to, uh, um, you know, separate them from their cash, uh, so to speak. So the over-delivering part, I this is the part that I like um, the most is with, um, with some clients and things to do things that are unexpected of your uh, self uh, in their eyes. For example, um, a couple of times where I've 
I've been doing a bark mulch job for a client, um, for say a particular client, and I've ordered too much bulk mulch. And you know, you put it all down and you get it all done. And there's some cases where, you know, gardens are sloped and things and uh, putting too much bark mulch down, it's, you know, it keeps overflowing and uh, coming off down the sides and edges and stuff. I had one job in particular where this was an issue. And uh, I had just ordered too much bark mulch thinking that um, I could use it. And, uh, you know, in when it ended up the case is uh, that I couldn't use it. So I ended up having to uh, keep, say, like half a yard or something back in my trailer that I wasn't able to uh, complete the job with. So, you know, the rest of the day I was uh, going to other clients' houses and I was mowing and stuff. And um, one of my clients had a, a corner lot with uh, some boulevards and things. And they have some trees and things in the boulevards and uh you know, the, uh, around the trees, the sort of the tree well that's cut around with the dirt and stuff was pretty shabby looking. And, uh, it actually had mulch in it at one point, but it was all discolored and, you know, a lot of it was missing just from uh, deterioration over the years and stuff. So after mowing the job and, uh, you know, cleaning up and all that stuff, I put the leftover mulch that I had around all their tree wells. Now, I didn't ask them to do this and I didn't, uh, you know, um, uh, just, uh, I didn't tell them in advance that I was going to do this. Um, but I knew just by the look of the tree wells and stuff that it would make a huge impact, uh, in the, their lawn by having all that bark mulch refreshed. I had the bark mulch in the trailer, that half yard. It was like the perfect amount to be able to do all those tree wells. It wasn't going to take me very long. You know, I think I spent, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, and it got rid of the bark mulch for me instead of, uh, you know, being stuck with it and having to take it home and maybe dump it on a trailer or something like that. I could get rid of the bark mulch to free up my trailer space to be able to put the ride on and stuff uh, at the time back onto the trailer. So I did that and, uh, you know, I got uh, an email from the client uh, that evening thanking me so much um, and asking if I was the one that did it just to make sure. And I was like, yeah, I did it. I had some uh, leftover mulch from a job. thought you'd appreciate, uh, noticed, you know, that you're... Uh, the trees were looking pretty drab and stuff and thought it would add a nice pop of color and stuff and uh, just really clean things up. And, uh, you know, they were over the moon with that. The fact that I did that and, um, you know, uh, and then they said, you know, you know, it looks so great. And they even, I think they even offered, um, to pay for it and said, you know, just to add it to their bill and stuff. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause I didn't tell you I was going to do that. I didn't ask your permission to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's not how I operate. Um, so I'll just put it, I just put it down. It's my gift to you. Hopefully, you know, I was taking a chance and hoping that you would like it. I'm glad that you do. And, uh, we'll just leave it at that. And, you know, that sort of builds that relationship that again, you're not out there trying to nickel and dime them that you're not trying to, um, rip them off or, you know, upsell them on every little thing. And just by, Doing those little, uh, little things like that, um, whether it's, 
you know, putting that bark mulch down that you have a little bit extra or say, you know, you're, um, there for a mowing job and you notice that one of the little gardens is, um, uh, say, you know, it's maybe need some weeding and it looks, uh, pretty bad. Maybe it's in, maybe it's in one of those little tree wells or something in the middle of a lawn or something. And, you know, just by taking two minutes out and pulling out those weeds and cleaning that up, that it's going to make a huge difference. Well, you know what? It only took you two minutes or five minutes, whatever the case may be. And, uh, it made, makes a big difference on, uh, uh, visually the impact that it can leave. Those little things like that can be gold in building those relationships, um, with your clients and, uh, you know, that can lead to long-term, um, long-term, uh, health as far as that relationship goes. And, you know, this day and age, I'm sure you guys are, um, even if you're new, can see all of the uh, lawn care uh, operators out there. Uh, everybody's looking for work. Um, and even though, you know, I believe that uh, there's enough work around for everybody, just by building those relationships and stuff, your clients are less likely to be tempted by those maybe low ball operators that are just trying to, um, you know, uh, make some quick cash on the side, aren't necessarily the most reliable and all that, but, you know, just trying to, uh, be opportunistic and, and make some quick cash. Um, you know, I've seen with my own clients, um, in fact, I had one last week that, um, she was telling me about, um, some kid coming around and asking, I guess he had a power rake, uh, this time, usually it's the aerators, but this one apparently had a power rake and was offering to, um, power rake her lawn. And, uh, you know, she said, no, I've got a guy that, uh, will do it. And even though he was offering, you know, being a kid, uh, I forgot what he, uh, offered her. It was, uh, just ridiculously cheap for the amount, uh, of work that would go into it. Now, whether he was purposely, undercutting prices or he's just inexperienced and uh, has no idea of the amount of work that uh, goes into it. Um, You know, uh, I would have to think that it's the inexperienced part. In fact, um, I remember a few years ago, a, you know, I was, I'm mowing some lawns in that same neighborhood. In fact, actually, I think I was mowing the same house and there was a, a kid from an elementary school nearby. I recognized him from my kid's school and uh, he had a lawnmower and he was just uh, going door to door with his lawnmower, just trying to make some money. And, you know, I guess, I don't know what he was charging, $5 or $10 or whatever it was to mow people's lawns. And he was uh, uh, going around and uh, trying to pick up these lawns. But the thing is he was doing these lawns super cheap. And in some cases people were, I think taking advantage of the fact, um, you know, that cause I saw him doing a lawn where it was, uh, really overgrown and he's using this really cheap gas lawnmower, you know, something you might find at Walmart or something for, you know, maybe a hundred bucks or $120 or something like that. 
um, you know, with no real height adjustment, one of those ones where, you know, the wheels are basically bolted on, they have, you know, some sort of height adjustment, but you have to actually unbolt the wheels and bolt them in the other uh, different holes, like those really, really cheap 21 inch lawnmowers. So this kid was struggling because he had no real way of adjusting the height of the lawnmower. And, uh, you know, he gets to this house and he's all excited because they're hiring him to mow their lawn. But, you know, you could tell it hasn't been mowed in uh, probably six weeks or something like that. So you could just hear the mower just struggling. And he's trying to cut this all in one pass uh, because the lawnmower, uh, you know, has no height adjustment. And, uh, you know, I uh, I went up to him and told him. You know, because he was trying to figure out, he was seemed baffled at what the problem was. And some, you know, it's just too, it's too tall. Your your mower is not uh, able to handle it. You're going to need to um, either raise the deck. Uh, and I told him, you know, you're going to have to actually unbolt these wheels and bolt them into the other uh, holes here that they have for the different heights. Uh, and mow it once at that height. And then you'll be able to take the wheels off again and put it at the, the next height. Uh, a little bit shorter and mow it maybe a second time to get through it. If you're lucky, you know, you can probably get it done in those two different height adjustments with this mower. Um, but you know, you may have to do a third, uh, pass if it's too, if it's still struggling at that uh, height. Um, but, uh, you know, like I say, sometimes it's just inexperience or, or what have you, but by doing those little extras, by not over promising on those jobs, you know, even though that kid is up and down that street and he's doing all that, I never have to worry about my clients being tempted by the cheap prices and all that sort of stuff. Because, um, you know, if they notice him at all, they'll see that he's struggling. They'll know that he's just trying to make a few bucks. He's got no other equipment with him. He doesn't even have weed whacker or anything like that. So he's just taking a mower and trying to you know, mow people's lawns, but you know, there's a lot more to it than that. There's the edging, the trimming, the blowing, all that sort of stuff. So by doing those little things, uh, you know, cleaning out, maybe say a, a occasional garden bed or, um, you know, maybe cleaning up some garbage and stuff that may have been, uh, blown onto their property or something like that. Um, you know, adding that bark mulch, um, you know, doing little things like that, um, say there's a windstorm and, and, uh, you know, maybe a couple of little branches and things fall and, uh, you know, the client hasn't asked you to do a cleanup, uh, but you know, you just handle those few branches and things like that. Just doing the little things over delivering on your service, even though it may not be part of your job description for that particular task, you know, you've quoted for a lawn mowing, um, you know, and, uh, or maybe say another example is edges and stuff like that. Maybe you quoted somebody's job for mowing that lawn and, uh, trimming it and blowing it, but you know, their edges are overgrown on their sidewalks, but you never charged or you never quoted them for that and just going above and beyond and doing it. Um, you know, maybe it takes you an extra 20 minutes or so to do that, but, uh, the visual impact that that'll leave, um, will, uh, I'm sure, will give you or pay dividends in the future with neighbors and stuff, seeing uh, all those little extras that you provide that their guy maybe doesn't. So that's uh, about it for this week. 
um, as far as uh, the uh, making sure that you do not uh, overpromise and make sure that you always over deliver. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys have another great week and, uh, with springtime in full effect here. Um, so thanks again for listening and, uh, here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.